Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome. I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. And once again, I'm pleased to have you join us. And I want to thank you again for faithfully listening every week and sharing this with your friends. After all, it's all about helping you and your friends turn your vision into reality. Now, today we're chatting with someone whom I believe is quite special. I mean, all my guests are special, but this one, wait till you check this out. He's at the top of his category, an elite entrepreneur, and we're going to discuss Create Your Own Reality with Frank McKinney. Now, what is success? How do you define it? What is your reality? Let me ask you this. Are you doing, are you getting, and are you being what you want out of life? Really? Are you? Can your life be better? You know, sometimes some of us are in tough situations. Sometimes we lose things and people valuable to us. Perhaps a loved one, perhaps our house, perhaps our job. A lot of people have been hurt in the past year or so. But you're listening now because you did not lay down and give up. You persevered. And you've heard my story enough times. I lost it all and I came back better. You know, new and improved. It was more than motivation and inspiration. It was a dedicated drive that kept me going. Now he says, motivation washes off and goes down the drain with the soap. Inspiration lasts about as long as a bad sunburn, but aspiration will forever impact your reality and in turn, the lives of those you love. I want you to meet Frank McKinney as a real estate artist He created and sold 44 oceanfront mansions on speculation with an average selling price of $14 million each. And they're absolutely stunning. I'll give you his website in a moment. And in addition to being an elite entrepreneur in the real estate business, I love this about him. Frank is a philanthropic capitalist and keynote speaker. We're going to tell you more about that in a moment. And the topic of his new book, Aspiration, is about never settling for who we are born to be or even what we think we're capable of and instead breaking free of that limited mindset to create a new reality on our own terms. And we're going to talk about later on in this episode, we're going to talk about what I believe is the most important topic to me, his Caring House Project Foundation. Let's find out more. Hi, Frank. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. So glad to have you with us today. Tony, my, my clock has been set on countdown for like a week because I've been so excited. I watched your other episodes. I Listen, I don't just jump on any podcast. Uh, I want to make sure it's a quality podcast. Yours is. And so much so that I am coming to you today. You can't really tell from the background, but I'm in my oceanfront treehouse office. I decided to let's do it special for Tony and your guests, you know, your viewers, and I work out of a treehouse, and that's where I'm coming to you tonight from. I absolutely love it. And, you know, I live, I know you're probably close to the water or ocean because all your properties are, and there's something about that draws people to the ocean. I'm just like a couple blocks away. I love walking my dog down there or taking a lunch and going down there. I'm talking about the Pacific Ocean for me. I just love it. Some people call it the vast, terrible ocean, but when you hang out with it for a while, it's very calming. 
But Frank, I'm really looking forward to learning more about how to create our own reality. And I've got a lot of questions about this. I've written books about this. I have a new book coming out that talks about this. But just before we get into that, can we fill in you with your backstory and tell us, Frank, how did it all start for you? Yeah, I mean, oddly, I may not look like it, but I'm a corn-fed country boy from Indiana. I'm, I'm the oldest of six children. My father worked at a bank. My mother was a school teacher. Uh, living on a farm in this small town called Carmel, Indiana, I had a troubled youth. I went to four high schools in four years. I spent seven different stints in juvenile detention. And I had an opportunity when I was 18 to take out, we'll, we'll imagine this is an eraser, and turn around to the chalkboard of life and erase what was, which was a very troubled youth and upbringing, and get on a plane with a one-way plane ticket, a $50 bill, and everything that I owned in a duffel bag thrown over my shoulder, and took that one-way flight from Indiana to Palm Beach. When I landed in Palm Beach, Tony, you and I are probably close to the same age. There was a program on TV called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous with Robin Leach and that wonderful English accent that he had. For you young people that are watching, it would be similar to MTV Cribs, you know, that voyeuristic look inside the Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. And I landed in Palm Beach, Tony, and I was intoxicated by this lifestyle. I couldn't believe what I saw people driving around in and the way they dressed and I wanted a piece of it, but how? I was uneducated, you know, a 1.8 GPA, 1.8 GPA out of high school. There was no hope of going to a, a community college even. So I got a job digging sand traps as a, as a maintenance worker on a golf course, earning 180 bucks a week. But I was around affluence, Tony. I was around people who could play golf, all, could afford to play golf all day. It, it just fascinated me. So I moved from the golf course to the tennis courts, same people that were playing golf in the morning we're playing tennis in the afternoon I was a maintenance worker so I, I was a very good tennis player as a young boy so I decided to become a tennis pro I picked up the racket again a teaching tennis pro not a touring tennis pro and I was teaching very wealthy people how to hit a better forehand and a backhand I started my own company called the professional tennis service and for two years I went to school on the ultra wealthy here's how I did it Tony I they paid me let's say you're one of my students they paid me for an hour's worth of tennis lesson. I made sure after 45 minutes that they could not finish that tennis lesson. They were too tired to finish the tennis lesson. They sat down. I brought them a cold drink and a towel, and I would ask them, Tony, tell me how you got here. And the answer I got more often than not was some form of anecdotal real estate story. For two years, I picked the brains of the ultra wealthy, and I earned my my master's in real estate and my PhD in entrepreneurship on that tennis court 15 minutes at a time. And in the late 80s, I bought my first fixer-upper, my first flip. Matter of fact, flip wasn't even a word that was used outside of gymnastics. People weren't flipping houses back in the late 80s. I bought it, fixed it up. It was a crack house in a really bad part of town, sold it, made $7,000. It could have been Monopoly money, Tony. I was so proud that I validated the concept of buying an undervalued commodity, fixing it up like nobody else, marketing it like nobody else and selling it for 103% of retail. And I made seven grand. Tony, for the first five years of my career, my real estate career, that is, I didn't do a house worth more than a hundred grand. And the book Blink, which was written by Malcolm Gladwell, it Gladwell talks about to become an expert in anything in life, you have to spend 10,000 hours. And if you do the math, 10,000 hours is five years full time. I didn't do a house worth more than a hundred grand for five years, but I became an expert at the craft of real estate. I'm a real estate artist. I'm not a builder developer. I'm a real estate artist. 
That isn't my moniker, by the way. That was something given to me by the Wall Street Journal and USA Today. After those five years, I jumped from $100,000 fixer-uppers, flip, flip houses, to a $2.2 million house on the ocean. Nothing in between. I went from hundred grand to two point two on spec. So for those of you who aren't familiar with what that means, it means I'm building these houses without a buyer in mind. There's no buyer. It's my design. I'm buying the land. I'm furnishing the house down to the gold-plated toothbrush in the bathroom, linens on the, on the beds, and towels in the closets. And putting a for sale sign in the yard and like the field of dreams, I'm building it and hope they will come. And for now 30 years, as you mentioned in the open, Tony, I've done 44 houses with an average selling price of $14 million. And my, my artistry, like I might look like I can sing or play an instrument. I can't sculpt. I'm learning how to paint, but I'm not very good. I'm a three-dimensional artist. I build three-dimensional art that people can live in. One of a kind, break the mold when we're done. Somebody walks in the front door on a Tuesday, might be interested in the house. By Friday, Tony, they're sleeping there. They, they act that quick on... So, so when I say on spec, this house is completely furnished. They do nothing. I even provide the toothbrush. I provide the automobiles. So as long as you have a check with a digit and a bunch of zeros after it, you can move in tomorrow as long as that check clears. So that's what I've done professionally. Of course, I'm an author and I'm an ultra marathoner and I run a pretty big charity over in Haiti. But that's the answer to your, the long answer to your short question about my background. That's very fascinating because... When we think of real estate, we think of people that flip it or have apartments or whatever, but never an artist. This is the first time I'm thinking a real estate artist. Now, I understand you've been called that. Someone gave you that title. And when you first heard about that, did you say, oh, yeah, I'm an artist? Or is like, what is that? I just build homes. Like, how, what, how did that come about, the artist part? Because what you do is very, very unique. So that's a, that's a great question because the, my new book, Aspire, the subtitle to my new book is How to Create Your Own Reality and Alter Your DNA. I wanted to be a real estate artist. I wanted to be one before I was called one because I don't like the title uh, developer or builder. It's not, it's not creative enough for me. So if you go to our website, which you'll talk about later, and you look at some of the designs, I designed all of those right here at this Oceanfront Treehouse office desk. And my... My canvas is that sand, if I were to spin my computer around and show you the ocean that's right over my head here on the ocean, that's my canvas. The blank vacant lots on the Palm Beach County coast, or I make them blank by tearing a house down or moving a house, that is my canvas. That's where I create my three-dimensional art. And I think, and there's a chapter in Inspire I talk about, take an artist approach to your craft regardless of what it is that you do. And what I mean by that, very quickly, if you think about Renoir or Monet or Van Gogh, which are, are painting artists, if they go into the, the art supply store back in, the, you know, in their day, you think they bought the cheapest, tooth, uh, the, the cheapest paintbrush, the cheapest palette, the cheapest paint. I always chose to build my reputation before I built my bottom line. In other words, I sacrifice margin for my reputation. That's what an artist does. I, yes, of course, I don't want to be a starving artist. I want to make money. But I, in my, from the very, that very first crack house, all the way through to the big, beautiful house I built today, I, I do what Van Gogh or Renoir or Monet or you name your famous artist would do. Sit back on that canvas, minus three-dimensional, not cut corners, and build something that takes your breath away. It, it, it literally intoxicates the five senses. Sight, sound, smell, touch, and taste. 
to the state of subliminal euphoria. My buyers become so intoxicated when they walk in the front door that I need my intent is to move them from need, I need a house in South Florida, to desire. Frank, I desire what you just built. And, you know, I mean, I'm not just starting to talk about this today. I've been doing this for 30 years and we've been very, very successful at it. So I'm really proud and honored to be called a real estate artist. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues. Create your own reality with Frank McKinney. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Do you employ or pay workers in other countries? Even if you don't yet, you might soon. Now that remote work is the norm, employees have more freedom than ever to move around. If you want to keep your best people, you have to stay flexible. Let me tell you more about remote, R-E-M-O-T-E. They make it easy for companies of all sizes to employ global teams. They take care of international payroll, benefits, taxes, and local compliance, so you can focus less on paperwork and more on growing your business. Remote helps you onboard full-time employees or contractors in countries all around the world in minutes on its simple, easy-to-use platform. Even better, Remote lets you rest easy by providing the most comprehensive intellectual property protections and data security in the industry. They own full local legal entities in all their covered countries, guaranteeing you never have to deal with a third party ever. To save you money, Remote never charges any fees or salary percentages. You get access to everything Remote offers, from payroll to compliance to benefits management for one low flat rate. No hidden fees, no surprises ever. Just the best global employment solution in the business. Best of all, podcast listeners get an even bigger discount. Get your first employee free for 12 months and two months free for any additional employees onboarded during their first year, just visit remote.com slash Tony and use promo code T-O-N-Y. Do this now and see why top global companies like GitLab trust Remote to manage and pay their international teams. Whether you want to hire one person or a hundred, Remote makes it easy. Visit remote.com slash Tony and use promo code Tony to get started. That's R-E-M-O-T-E dot com slash T-O-N-Y. Try it today and tell me how you like it. Remote.com slash Tony, code Tony. You're listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. Now back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Create Your Own Reality with Frank McKinney. And would you help us grow to help all entrepreneurs and small businesses the world over? If you can write a quick review for our podcast on Apple, that would be wonderful. Simply go to Apple Podcasts, use any Apple device, and search for Tony, D-U-R-S-O. Make sure the Tony D'Urso Show shows up in the search and click it. Then click the link that says, listen on Apple Podcasts. Once that opens, scroll down 
and click on ratings and reviews and then write a review. I thank you kindly. And now back to the chat with Frank. Frank, your passion comes through. Your exuberance comes through. And you said that you wanted to be this real estate artist and then you're called this and I get that. And is there some undercurrent, some passion, some reason, some drive below that? Like, why did you pick that? Why not go into something else? I understand all the clients had pointed you that way, but that doesn't necessarily, people get pointed all sorts of places, but they, there's, this, there's this passion that takes them. Why, do, why are you doing what you do, in other words? So let me start with the, the kind of dumbing it down, and then we'll come, we'll come to today. So back when I was that tennis teacher and I was teaching these people tennis, I was young, impressionable, and materialistic, and consumeristic, just like anybody is at 18, 19, 20 years old. I wanted the life that they had. And the, the path to that life, Tony, was through real estate because that's what they taught me. Once I started into the business, I always, I mean, I've been a pretty creative person, and I felt like even if I was doing a crack house, I would put three coats of paint on instead of two. I would put a new roof on instead of just patching the old. I'd put grass sod down instead of grass seed. I'd put $20 yard carpet in instead of 10. I, I made it the nicest little crack house on the block, even though it wasn't a crack house anymore. And I felt like the American dream was not meant to be rented. It was meant to be owned. And for those people who were renting the American dream back then, you know, when I was early in my career, I took them from renting the American dream to owning a piece of the American dream a house. Like I would, I remember putting in new appliances, not used Tony, and I would leave the stickers. You ever bought a new appliance and it tells you the energy rating on the appliance, that yellow sticker? I left those on because I wanted people to have the pride associated with having a brand new refrigerator. And then you kind of fast forward to the, no, maybe not fast forward. It took me five years to get to the high end, the high end market. I, you talk about passion. So I think passion is, is overused. I think passion, I can have passion for chocolate and it's not good for me. I found my purpose. I found, so uh, aspiration, and I'm just going to do this very quickly and you tell me if this is inappropriate. Here's my new book, Asp Aspire, How to Create Your Own Reality and Alter Your DNA. Aspiration is an almost otherworldly desire to achieve something high and great that alters the DNA. In other words, it's not a goal. A goal you either achieve or you don't, and then you move on. I aspired to be a real estate artist when I was in my early 20s. That's something I will have for my entire life. So, so that, that part of aspiration, that's why I wrote this book. It's my, I've written seven books in six genres. This is my first mindset book. And it, now I'm not dead, obviously, but this is kind of a postmortem on the mindset it took to get to the point where I, I built those 44 houses and I run a very large charity in Haiti where we build self-sustaining villages. I've run the toughest race in the world 12 times. And I study, even from a scientific standpoint, epigenetics is the alterations. It's the science of altering your DNA. If you're a movie buff, which I'm not, but if you happen to be a movie buff, uh, the story of Elton John's life, was the movie was titled Rocket Man. And in Rocket Man, while he was still Reginald Dwight, that was Elton John's birth name, his manager grabbed him by the shoulders and said, Reginald you have to kill the person you were born to be to become the person you want to be. I'm going to say that one more time. Think about that. Kill the person you were born to be to become the person you want to be. Tony, I wanted to be a real estate artist. 
I was born to be a banker. My grandfather was a banker. My father was a banker. My left brain abilities were off the charts. I was statistical. I was analytical. You name it. I had a business mind and I was taught my entire life that I wasn't a creative. I was told, I should say, I was told my right synapses, my right brain was were dormant and Frank or my name, nickname was Mickey. Mickey, you're going to be a banker. I didn't want to be a banker. I wanted to awaken the synapses on the right side of my brain. Now, now, the people that you look up to and everybody watching this, the people that you look up to, I guarantee you they can toggle back and forth between right brain and left brain in nanoseconds. That is something that I've honed that I now say, okay, well, we're going to do a $20 million house on the ocean. Does it make financial sense? Left brain very quickly. And then we get to the right side of the brain. I'm going to build a piece of three-dimensional art like nobody's ever seen before. And that constant toggling between right brain and left brain is the way that I've altered my DNA. I'm not a banker. I'm not a juvenile delinquent. Obviously, I'm older. I'm not in trouble. Uh, I, I really found a, cre a constructive outlet for what was, when I was younger, a very destructive tendency, Tony. So again, long answer to your short question, but that's the thesis behind the difference between aspiration and motivation and inspiration. We're talking with Frank McKinney about create your own reality, and you can find him at frank-mckinney.com, and I'm going to spell that. Frank, we know that one, F-R-A-N-K, then a dash, then M-C-K-I-N-N-E-Y.com. Remember that because we're going to talk more about that as well as his book. Frank, I think some of my uh, points that I want to talk about are titles from your book. It's so fascinating and in no particular order. And I think this first topic is near and dear to every single entrepreneur and small business owner that we have in the audience. There's something that we have to do to be successful. We have a thought. We have a process. We have a service, we have a product, and we take it to market. And here we are listening to the show for advice and wisdom. And your topic, the topic I want to talk about is mastering risk. You've done it so well. Can we learn from you on this? I think that's one of the things you can learn the most from about me. And let's dial it back to my younger years. Coming to Florida with no money, no connections, no education, actually a troubled upbringing, uh, the, the odds were stacked against me. What I've learned, again, I'm still alive, but a little bit of a postmortem on, on what got me to the, the point where I'm at now is, Tony, I'm afraid, just like everybody else watching your program, I'm afraid every day of my life. I still have fear that the next house I build may not sell and I will be eating out of a dumpster instead of at the Ritz-Carlton. What, what has happened over this whole process of creating my own reality and altering my DNA is... I have learned that, that the, the thought of taking a risk, so if that risk was financial, spiritual, relational, dietary, you name it, that risk, you have to think about taking the risk before you take the risk. It's the thought of taking a risk that induces the other four-letter word, fear. It's not the actual taking of the risk. And I'm going to give you a simple analogy. You and I are at Disney World, or land, in line to get on the roller coaster. And as that line serpentines towards the gate at the end where you hop into your car, both of our heart rates are going up because we're getting a little anxious about what's going to happen. When you and I, let's say we sit next to each other in the roller coaster car, 
The minute we sit down and that metal bar comes clanking across our waist, what's happening to our heart rate? It's starting to raise even more. Then the car's cut loose and we're starting to go up the hill. Click, giddy, clack, giddy, click. We're about to pass out because no blood's going to our head because we're so afraid of what is about to happen. Nothing's happened yet. We're still safe and sound in the car. Nothing has happened yet. Yet we're terrified of the thought of the risk of going over the hill. What happens the minute we go over the hill? Fear goes away, is replaced by joy and jubilation and excitement, and we throw our hands in the air and we're enjoying the ride. That's exactly what happens in business. And you and I love that ride so much that we, when we're done with the ride, we get to get off the car and we run to the back of the line to do it again because we're not afraid anymore. That's exactly what happens to people, most people that are successful in business. When I feel fear, which I just said is every single day, uh, Frank McKinney is afraid. I have not mastered fear. You're not, fear is not meant to be mastered. It's meant to be used as a catalyst for that big change or big challenge in your life. Again, financial, spiritual, dietary, relational. When, when you and I contemplate a risk, more often than not, Tony, that risk is, comes in the form of a big change or a big challenge in our life. But we never get to the big change or big challenge because why? We let the fear associated with the thought of taking the risk stop us dead in our tracks. We jump off the roller coaster. I mean, we jump out of line. We don't jump off the roller We jump out of line and say, <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the Google thing says this is unsafe. Uh, all my, my aunt and uncle says I shouldn't be investing in real estate. The news is very negative. I should not be taking these risks. We let that, you know, the, the, the over-Googling, over-spreadsheeting and over-analyzing things get in the way. We're looking for a reason to validate the fear subconsciously. You don't know you're doing it. Subconsciously, you're looking for a reason to validate the fear. So just like every other human being, which I am, when I feel fear, I know that is the, the, the sensation necessary before I am to take on that big change or big challenge. If I'm not feeling fear, then I'm not taking a risk. And if I'm not taking a risk, then I'm not growing. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues. Create your own reality with Frank McKinney. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. If you're a podcaster marketing guy like me, you know how hard it is to be sure your next big idea will be a hit. In fact, sadly, 85% of new products fail. And a huge reason for all that failure is that it's just too hard to validate product and market fit with consumers. If you ever produced a product, any product, listen to this. And if you ever wanted to produce a product, even a concept of a product, check this out. Old style market research is too slow, too complicated, and too expensive for fast-moving teams trying to build something great. But what if you could test out your product ideas with target consumers whenever you want, before you put all the time and money into development? That's what startups and Fortune 500 companies do with Feedback Loop. That's Feedback Loop. Get quality feedback from their target customers early and often. Feedback Loop is the test before you invest product research platform. It's got expert templates for concept testing, user discovery, 
prioritizing features on your roadmap, and a lot more. You can create your own test in minutes and get back quality insights from your target consumers in hours, not days. And if you go to https colon slash slash go.feedbackloop.com slash Tony, you'll get three full tests for free. How cool is that? I started the process to research my own next product. I'm grateful to have the available teams to do my tests. So if you want your next product or feature to be a hit, test before you invest, build based on data, not opinion, and launch with confidence with Feedback Loop. Let's spell that G-O-D-F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K-L-O-O-P.com slash T-O-N-Y. Check it out and tell me how you like it. Go.feedbackloop.com slash Tony. You're listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Create Your Own Reality with Frank McKinney. Hey, check out my Elite Entrepreneur interviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can find everything back to day one at Tony D-U-R-S-O com slash podcast. And now back to the chat with Frank. For those of you who are, you know, maybe a little bit less optimistic than I am. Well, Frank, what if I take the risk and I fail? What if I get over the fear, take the risk and I fail? Well, here's, here's what's going to happen. The day that you die, before you die, you will likely have regrets. There's no doubt you will have regrets. Would you rather regret what you did or what you didn't do? For me, I would rather regret trying that $50 million house and failing. And yep, just like Tony, like he said, he, he, lost, he lost it all and came back. Uh, he tried. W- what would you rather do? Sit in that rocking chair at 80 years old and say, I wish I would have, could have, should have. Or like we'll get to talking about this race I run across the Death Valley Desert, which is the toughest foot race in the world, according to National Geographic. It's not my claim. It's National Geographic's claim. I've tried that race 12 times, Tony. I've failed five, but I've made it seven. Do I have regrets about trying those five that I, hell no. I'd rather regret what I did than what I didn't do. So that's the, the full circle on what you can learn in my book. It's a full um, five chapters on just risk, fear, big change, big challenge. Frank, I got to tell you in all honesty, when you're talking about a roller coaster, I hate roller coaster. I'm getting sweaty. I'm getting diaphoretic. I do not like roller coasters. Now, on the flip side, my wife loves roller coasters. She can't get enough of them. So when we went to Disney World, I had to do it. I went on the, the most toughest ride, the most toughest roller coaster there, the Yeti. And I just did it first thing in the morning. Just did it. Got it out of my system. And after that, the rest of the day was fine. But I still break out into a cold sweat just thinking about it. <laughs> but the key word is thinking about it. Once you did it, you did it. And you know you I can't master do it. it. You mastered right. it. You got over it. Thank you. And now another point, I believe it's in your book here too, is another thing. It just, it caught me. It was like, I got to talk about this. Becoming a relentless 
executioner? What? Who are we oh, killing yeah. here? No, no, no. This, this, okay, so let's say you get over the fear, you take the risk, you, you take on the big change or challenge, and I'm going to use a clock, I'm going to use a hands-on a clock as an, an, an analogy of what happens to you. So, at 12 o'clock we start. We're excited. We're thrilled. Frank got me super excited. I'm ready to take on this new business change or challenge or risk. The hands make their way to 3 o'clock. At 3 o'clock, the excitement's worn off. At 3 o'clock, it's not what the program that I bought at the real estate seminar said it was going to be. This is, I'm not excited about this anymore. This looks like it might take some time. And this happens to the younger generation, by the way. Not so much to people like our age, but the younger younger you are, the more this happens. When you get to 3 in an endeavor, you become what I call a flea. You hop from one endeavor, one undertaking to the next because it's not exciting enough or the excitement that you had at 12 has worn off. So in the real estate world, it would be, I want to flip houses, but it's not as exciting. So I'm going to go ahead and wholesale houses. I'm going to buy bank REOs. I'm going to get into the storage business. I'm going to own an Airbnb. But you never stick with one of them long enough to become that, that master, that, ex, that executioner, which we'll talk about when I get to 12. Don't be a flea. Don't hop from one thing to the other. See something through at least past the, the excitement phase because that's going to wear off no matter what. All right. So you made it past three. You're on your way to six. At six, this is drudgery. I mean, not only did the, the excitement wear off, but I'm showing up at a job site that has no power, has no water, and one of the subcontractors took a dump in one of my toilets. I have to clean the stinking mess out of the toilet with the shop vac, and then I have to clean the stinking mess out of the shop vac. I don't like this real estate business. This is too hard. This is hard work. I don't want to work this hard. I've gotten to the halfway point, right, past the excitement, past the flea, and at 6 o'clock, you quit. When did you quit? You quit at the halfway point. And you, in my book, are what I call a half-asser. You half-assed it. You got, if you, if you, there's only one graphic in this entire book, and it's the image of a flea at 3 o'clock, and it's the image of half a donkey, so a half-asser, at 6. Don't quit when it gets tough, because that's just life. All right, let's say you made it past the flea, made it past the half-asser. You're not that. You don't want to be called a half-asser. You get to 9 o'clock. This doesn't happen to about 15% of the people. You become so associated with the process that you forget the purpose. In other words, I love being a real estate artist, and this this creativity is fantastic, and I'm almost done with the house, but oh my God, what am I going to do when it sells? I'm going to lose my identity. It's It's the college student who's two credits away and drops out of school because he's so enamored with the process, he forgets why he went to college in the first place. This person, it doesn't happen often, and it actually has happened to me a few times early in my career. I was so enamored with the process, I could see the finish line tone. I was at 9 o'clock, yet I seemingly tied my own shoelaces together. I call you a shoelacer. Like you, you've, you've got past all the excitement and the being a flea and, half a, and the hard work. You're almost at the, at the finish line. Don't forget why you undertook that risk in the first place. Risk is supposed to be undertook, uh, undertaken, I think that's the right word, undertaken or undertook, for reward. 
I have no desire to hold on. People say to me, Frank, those houses you build, they're so beautiful. How do you sell them? Don't you want to move into them? They're just stunning. My answer is I have no emotional attachment whatsoever to any of the houses I've built. I don't become that real estate artist, Tony, until it sells. So I get past the shoelacer point where I'm just so enamored with the process. I get back to 12 and I've become what I refer to and, and aspire a relentless executioner. So I execute on what I start and the whole chapter is designed to help you identify, are you a flea? And why do you have those flea tendencies to hop from one thing to the next? Why are you a half-asser? Why do you quit when things get tough and how to get over that? If you happen to be one of the 15%, why are you a shoelacer? Why are you so involved in the process and how do you overcome that and remember the purpose and become that executioner who makes it all the way back to 12. I want everyone to ponder this very well because if you take a look at Frank's site, some of his homes, one home, he sells them so fast. One home sold in three days. Can you imagine that? Three days, many millions, it's sold. Just think about that and think about his story on the clock, becoming a relentless executioner to execute and get stuff done. I absolutely love it. Think of, I think you make me think of that locomotive that just keeps going no matter what. Nothing stops it. That's kind of the, the visual I have on that. What, what, last, last point on that before we go on to the next chapter, if you don't mind. What, what I want you to think about, and in today's world, it's hard. If Tony, if Tony brought me onto the program to debate me on, on politics or theology or whatever, he'll win. Anybody... You will win in a debate contest. I'll win in a do contest. I am a doer. I'm an executioner. I have, I, have, I have four sisters. Three of them went to Notre Dame and Stanford. And when we get together, I'm not knocking them, but I mean, we just sit there and debate stuff. It's like, you guys win. I'm just going to go do. I'm a doer. I'm not a debater. I love it. In fact, one of my phrases that I'm, I believe I'm famous, at least in my family, is I won't talk about anything, any project that I'm working on. I like to talk about it when it's done, Beautiful. when it's out. Here it is. I did it. And then because otherwise there's naysayers or whatever comes in and I just want to do it. So most when I'm successful at something, it's just because I do it, I get it done, then I can talk about it. And you I are an executioner, it. Tony. That is by definition executioner. Talk less, do more. Exactly. All right. One more and then we're going to talk about a project near and dear to my heart. Living your inside on the outside. It's funny. So about a decade ago, some stranger on social media, I got a pretty big, you know, social media following. Some stranger said, Frank, I admire you so much because you get to live your inside on your outside. Like you do not look like a typical real estate developer, investor. You don't dress like one. You don't wear your hair like one. And I don't believe in compromising or co-opting or selling yourself out for anyone in a relationship or anything or any endeavor. So I have stayed true to who I have been on the inside and wasn't going to compromise that inside for something I wanted on the outside. And too many people today, especially in corporate America, suppress who they truly are for that paycheck. They're selling their soul, Tony, for the paycheck. Now, this is changing. There's a nice little shift with workplace rights and you can express yourself freely now in the workplace. I really like that. But that chapter is speaking to the person who still feels 
that there's, there's all this wonderfulness inside that they are suppressing either socially to fit in or worse, I think, trading your soul for a paycheck. And I just, I'd rather eat out of a dumpster than trade my soul for a paycheck. So when that woman said, hey, I really admire you for living your inside and the outside, I dug deeper into that for like 10 years. And I realized, you know what? I have never, well, in the book, I talk about one time I sold out and I regretted it. I'm not going to get into the story. It's kind of a long story, but it was at the early point of my career. I got a haircut. I put, put a suit on. I got a tie. And it just was the worst thing I could have ever done. But I want more people to feel the freedom associated with living their inside on their outside. So that's the whole purpose of that chapter, Tony. That makes very good sense. Because when, when we do go to, to a work or a job or a different part of a different calling or different project of our life, and we change some of the beingness of who we are, it kind of just doesn't seem to work out. I totally, totally follow on that. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues. Create your own reality with Frank McKinney. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Vidyard is an easy-to-use yet powerful video solution that makes it simple to create videos, host them ad-free, share them with others, and track their performance. Whether you're recording a video for one person or sharing it with the world on your website, it's easy to manage your video content. Our solution is built for business with robust analytics, integrations with top enterprise tools, and customization options that answer businesses' unique needs. And Vidyard is sharing a free guide to help everyone master video. The complete guide to video production will help you produce incredible videos in-house and on a budget. Now we know email isn't dead, but it sure is boring. Use Vidyard to record and send videos to connect with prospects, convert opportunities, and close deals. Put a face to your name with video. Record your face, your screen, or both for prospecting videos, follow-ups, product demos, and more. You can upload or create videos and embed them into email campaigns, landing pages, and blog posts to generate and engage more sales-ready leads. And you can use interactive video elements and video personalization to boost viewer engagement, accelerate the buyer journey, and convert viewers into pipeline. Record your screen, webcam, or both, from product demos to customer testimonials to live stream Q&As. Anyone can create their own videos in just a few clicks. Use video analytics to measure how each video impacts revenue and how they perform across your website, email marketing, prospecting campaigns, and more, all from one central dashboard. So let's do it. Sign up for Vidyard free today by going to vidyard.com Tony. And just like you guys, the team at Vidyard can't keep up with all these promo codes on podcasts, so they're making signing up as easy as possible, so no promo code needed. Just go to vidyard.com Tony to start using Vidyard completely free. And as a bonus, get their state of virtual selling report. And remember, Vidyard is sharing a free guide to help everyone master video. The complete guide to video production will help you produce incredible videos in-house and on a budget. And I'll spell that V-I-D-Y-A-R-D dot com slash T-O-N-Y. All right, check it out today and tell me how you like it. Vidyard.com slash Tony. 
You're listening to the Tony D'Erso Show with special VIP guests. Now, back to Tony and his guest. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Erso Show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Today's show is Create Your Own Reality with Frank McKinney. Hey guys, if you podcast, let's get you more engagement on your episodes with thousands of visitors checking out your content. Would that be cool? Go to TonyDurso.com slash grow and see how we can help you. That's TonyDurso.com slash G-R-O-W. And now back to the chat with Frank. Now, another point that I think is very near and dear to our entrepreneurs and small business owners, which may or may not make a lot of sense because it sounds like you need it for sales, but I think it's very needed for growing our service, our brand, who we are, and that's developing personal magnetism. Can you give us some hacks on how to do that? So that, that's in the love life chapter, uh, that section, I should say. So there's a section in the book titled Love Life and Love Life, like your love life. And uh, I, I'm the last person to give relationship advice. I am not a love guru by any stretch. But I felt it was time to share wisdom gained from being married for 31 years and being in my, my, with my wife for 34 years, but married 31. And I've also found, Tony, that in business and, of course, in life, primarily in business, how many times are people forced to choose between their marriage and their business? I see it happen in real estate all the time. Somebody's so passionate about getting into real estate and you know, buying and selling houses or apartment buildings or you name it, but they fail to involve their significant other. And ultimately, it leads them to this treehouse talking to me about, Frank, I don't know what to do. Should I stay in my marriage or do I give up the real estate career? In that chapter... I'm sorry, in that whole section, I talk about how to develop this. It's called, actually, it's called magneticism, not magnetism. I've, I've, I've split the word into two. And ism is something that you want to, you know, it, 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 it's deeper than just being magnetic. And so I want to, in that chapter, show you how to attract the right person. And this is more romantically. This isn't just in business. How to attract the right person into your life. Because for me, Tony... I got, to, there's a chapter titled How to Marry Your Guardian Angel. I got to marry my guardian angel. How to marry your guardian angel. It's a title, one of my chapters. The other part in that section, relationship pressure creates the diamond or destroys the union. If you look at the forces that are at work under the crust of the earth that pulverize the sand and the minerals and turn into that rare diamond. So my wife and I, we work together. She's an interior designer. You can imagine the danger in that. So we invite the conflict with respect so that we have this, this diamond in the end. So that, that whole section, how to marry your guardian angel, how to develop personal magneticism, relationship pressure creates diamonds, the significance of a significant other. This is another chapter in that section. Most people are not going to go through life alone. You're going to have a significant other at some point in your life. How significant that will be to your career and how you treat that significant other when you bring them into this passion called, for me, real estate or whatever your professional highest calling is. Involve that significant other early 
or else you'll be forced to choose between one or the other. And I hate to see that. I love it. And by the way, I'm catching up on you. I've been with my wife now 29 years this December. And there is that, you're making the diamond. I really like that. It's really, it's, it's perfectly apropos and it works. She always says that she's my wingman. She's always watching my back. She's always making sure she has that part that she looks and it just works out great. It's well, very you know, important. We, we, we could do a whole show on, on relationships because 29 years and 31 years, it is so important today in business. If you're in a relationship or you want to be in a, in a relationship for this, the, the vitality and, and even viability of your business, because the, the, the partnership I assume that you and your wife have, I, listen, being married to me is like, is like, is like being on a rocket ship with a, in a blender on frappe. It's not easy to be married <laughs> to me. So I found somebody who, who brings out my essence and allows me to be me and is my guardian angel because I have tendencies that could be self-destructive and she'll save me from myself every now and then. Those are the kind of people, well, person that you want. I'm sure your wife does the same. She enhances who Tony is. And that's a gift that each one of us can find if we know what we're looking for. Absolutely. We can do a series on this. Absolutely. 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 We have a few minutes and I want to talk about the Caring House Project Foundation. One thing I'd like you to know that, and, and some people may know, I talk a little bit about this, but we talk about myself and some others. We've been giving to the needy and focus on helping family in poverty areas. We've done this for years. We give out sleeping bags, toiletries, clothing items, just about anything to live, including helping to pay for needed life-saving surgeries. In the past four to five years, one of our members calculated that we have passed out about 53,000 meals, and this has all been out of our pockets. And you can see some of the pictures on my About page on my website. We're going to grow it some more, but it's just never been a focus of mine to tell people about it because, again, I just like to do it. Now, we keep growing in, in, in people to feed and help around the world. And so now we have uh, the Southgate Foundation to help us do more. And as you can tell already, it is one of the most important topics to me in my life. And off camera, separately, maybe we, I'd love to see how we could work together because I love what you're doing about the homes. You guys got to go check out these homes, the before and after. You've got to see what he's done in helping these people. Words just can't do it enough justice. Frank, please tell us more about your foundation and how it started and give us as much as you can about it. So you mentioned words can't describe it. I'm going to start with eight words, and it's from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verse 48, that says, To whom much is entrusted, much is required. To whom much is given, much is expected. I'm not going to go all religious on you, although I am a Christian and I know the Bible very, very well. What I just spoke to you, to whom much is entrusted, much is required, is a great life mantra that happens to be a Bible passage. Don't let the Bible freak you out if you're agnostic or atheist or what have you. It doesn't matter. It's a great life mantra. So I discovered what my professional highest calling is, building oceanfront artistry for the ultra wealthy. But there was a point in my life 20 years ago, Tony, that I was extremely depressed, almost ready to take my own life, although I was on the top of the world when it came to my professional successes. I had just sold the most expensive house in the history of Palm Beach County. Back then, 20 years ago, it was $14 million. 
I was on the front page of the Miami Herald. I had my hands raised in triumph over my head. I opened up the newspaper to, I went to the newsstand. I put a quarter in, I bought, I stole like 10 copies. I knew I wanted to give them away ba back then. Cause it was five in the morning. I knew nobody was looking back then. We, we read newspapers like this, like we would snap them open and we'd read the newspaper. So I opened up the newspaper. I'm on the front page. And on page three was the follow, you know, the rest of the article. And I'm, I'm making sure that they quoted me right and, they, and, and that my picture looked good and the house looked good in the background. But as I had that, that, that newspaper open, um, on this side was me. On that side was a picture of a man who, if I didn't use a bunch of hair care products and go to the salon every month, looked exactly like me. Yet, he was, he was being fed a meal out of a beat-up old Econoline van from a soup kitchen. He was homeless, living under the overpass in I-95, and it hit me. My picture in the newspaper, the smile on my face was fake. I was hiding depression. I was hiding consumerism. My garage had tons of cars in it. My closet had tons of clothes in it. My pantry had a ton of food in it, but I had lost all the heart in my soul, Tony. All the soul in my heart was gone, and yet this man who looked like me, looked happy. There but for the grace of God go I. I'm on the right side of the page, meaning I took some right turns in my life. And I, What about if I hadn't taken the right turns out of juvenile detention and ended up on the left-hand side of the page? But more importantly, why was my facade just that, a facade at the time? And why did he look to be experiencing pure joy? I went and I volunteered at that soup kitchen uh, every Monday night to try to find the reason why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And Tony, I learned 20 years ago that every one of us watching this has a professional highest calling. Of course, we don't need to go into that. We also have a spiritual highest calling. I found mine. I provide housing to the wealthy who really don't even need another house, but I'm good at it and I'm, I love doing it. What about the poorest? I'm, again, back to that 1.8 GPA, linear thinker, simpleton mentality. What about the poorest of the poor who have no shelter? Frank, you should be providing shelter to the poorest of the poor. So we went to Haiti 19 years ago. In, next year, in 2022, depending on when your, your you know, episode comes out, um, it will, we will celebrate 20 years building self-sustaining villages in the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, that being Haiti. I have provided, we, I should say we, my donors and I, have provided a self-sustaining existence to 13,000 children that were eating mud flavored with bouillon and lemon juice. 29 self-sustaining villages in 19 years. And when I say villages, 50 houses, a community center, a school, church, clinic, renewable food, clean drinking water. We don't sell these things. These are all given to the Haitian villagers for nothing, for free. It's, there's no entitlement mentality. This is, I don't feel better about it, Tony. I don't feel worse about it. It's a stewardship. It's a responsibility and it's a calling. That's why I do it. And any, even, even one book, one book, if you buy one of my books, which you'll benefit from for the rest of your life, 200 meals in, ooh, just lost my life, 200 meals in one of our orphanages. So maybe that's a sign we're almost done. But that, <laughs> that, that passage, if you could just remember to whom much is entrusted, much is required, and work on your spiritual highest calling, that section of the book, Tony, is section number five. It's the last section because I believe it's the most important section of my book. Absolutely love it. There comes a time when 
you have what you need, you know, your life is good, you're taken care of, and you have to help others. It is a natural progression. It's why you're here, but you don't necessarily know that's why you're here until you get through the other levels. And I'm totally with you, and that's why we do it. We've been doing it out of pocket for years, just helping where we can because it feels good and it's the right thing to do. Once again, everyone, we talked about Create Your Own Reality with Frank McKinney at frank-mckinney.com. Check it out. See these homes. See what he's done. See the kids and the smiles on their faces. See Frank running with the kids. And it's just absolutely amazing. You got to check it out. Again, I think words just don't do it enough justice. So go take a look at the pictures. Check it out. Frank, absolutely love this conversation. Stimulate. And there's so much more to talk about. I just want to thank you so much. Well, you know, we'll have to come back and do an encore because we did leave some stuff on the table. But thank you for having me. You have a, a very, very good reputation out there for one of the best podcasts in, in, in the world, on the planet. So I'm honored to be up here. I'm sorry I lost my lights. But the time was now. So God bless you. And God bless everybody. Go pick up a copy of my new book, Aspire. Hey, thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. That was such a great, inspiring interview. Create your own reality with Frank McKinney. We talked about so many things, and in no particular order, we discussed aspiration. It's beyond motivation and inspiration. We talked about how we wanted to excel beyond a real estate developer and become an artist at crafting beautiful homes that sold quickly. We talked about some topics from his latest book. We talked about mastering risk. We talked about becoming a relentless executioner and living your inside on your outside. We talked about developing personal magnetism. And we talked about embracing your highest calling and also something that's near and dear to me. We talked about his amazing Caring House Project Foundation. When you see the pictures, you know what I mean. And please tell me, what did you get out of this? What resonates the most with you? And I want to thank you again for spending some time with us. Let's help you move on your journey to success. Thanks. And remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.